This is Jerry Mason, the Kicking Lawyer, and I'm inviting everyone to join us every Tuesday at 5 p.m. on the Kicking Lawyer fan page on Facebook for Law Talk Live, where we discuss business, politics, current events, and the law. If you miss the live version, you can watch the playback on YouTube or listen on your favorite podcast platform. Anyway, it's Jerry Mace Kick Law. You're alive in the Law Talk. I appreciate you guys taking time out of your day to join us. Don't forget to like, follow, subscribe to the content. We're on uh, all the platforms, the social medias and whatnot. We're on TikTok. Uh, got a good following on TikTok. They mostly like watching Josh do the dances. All the dances. Uh, he gets all the dollars for the dances. <laughs> and uh, I want to thank, uh, don't forget, NA the band has their album out now. Their single is Wonder Girl. The album is inside, uh, inside my head, I think. It's NA the band on all platforms. So check them out and download it. It's free. It doesn't cost anything. We want to thank Michelle Allen. She's a longtime sponsor for us and uh, is your go-to in the area. If you're going to buy, sell, rent, lease real estate, she'd be glad to help you out. Just visit her. She is a CryLike affiliate broker and a, and a very nice person. And then Mason's High Team Martial Arts, been open since 93, just relocated to our biggest location. We'll be glad to help you guys out. Just visit masonsmartialarts.com. We'll get you started. Uh, the Cellar Restaurant Prohibition Bar is located off Square in Covington. We're opening another one in Somerville very soon. It opens at 4 o'clock every day, open seven days a week. I will be there this evening doing trivia. It's a lot of fun. You can come answer all the questions. And if you need help with your online presence, don't forget to check out Masonite Digital Marketing. Josh will be glad to help you with your social media, branding, website, all that good stuff. So give him a holler. And today's guest is a longtime friend of mine. And Jay the Punisher Black. Jay was instrumental in back in the day when we were starting the MMA stuff locally in the development of the High Octane Fighting Championship. And then Jay went on to do fights and uh, pro fights and kickboxing and jujitsu and has been a cop this whole time. He was a cop before I was. You were already a cop at Covington, right? Yeah. yeah. He's been a cop a long time and you're still a cop. So still a cop. How's that going? Yeah, it's going. Yeah. So how you been, man? I'm good. It's like good. I just said at the beginning, I hadn't seen you in forever. Yeah, I've been hiding out at night. So. Yeah. <laughs> well, that was always one of my favorite shifts was the well, night shift. It depends on where you're working. Yeah, yeah. It's it's nice and quiet in Atoka. We want to keep it that way. Yeah. Atoka's Atoka's cool, man. I remember well, I, I know at least on the defense lawyer side, because I represent now, of course, the people that yeah. you guys arrest. And uh, I don't get a whole lot from a token. Like, ain't a whole lot. It's occasional DUIs that'll come through. Yeah. Maybe a domestic here or there. But I don't know that y'all really get many murders, rapes, robberies, or any of that. So far, they're... Um Never had a murder since they founded the Atoka Police Department, which is, yeah, knock, 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 um, which is back in 96, 97. Yeah. So, obviously, I wasn't there then. So, <laughs> well, you were, I was you, in Covington. I was going to say, when did you start in Covington? I started reserves in 97 and finished in March around this time in Yeah, because I knew you as a cop before I knew you. I, I yeah. was uh, I was a reserve with, with the sheriff's office in O. Two, oh one or oh two, and then went full time. I think it was oh two. I went full time, uh, and I remember already hearing about you because you had been a cop. Yeah, I yeah. started full time and end of March, first April of ninety eight. You know, I don't know. If we ever talked about how did you get into that? What made you decide <laughs> to be a cop? Because because you it, you might have could have gone the other way, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. It, it depends on who you ask. I've been told that I said I wanted to do it forever, but I don't think that's true. Uh-huh. Um, basically, I was working for the city, yeah. for Covington, uh, in the gas department, digging ditches. It really wasn't my thing. Uh, so I had in the paper for a cop yeah. or for a reserve, and uh, so I went and tried out, and they, I passed everything. Didn't have a criminal record, luckily. Yeah. Um, so I went and started doing that, and since I worked for the city, when they had an opening, I interviewed, and it was a pretty easy transition. So I, mm. I got to keep my time from the digging ditches mm-hmm. into my police so it's just a smooth transition into it and uh like that was 98 and i was at covington until 2020 mm-hmm. and then i went to atoka so i had 25 years with the city of covington with the gas and the police and now i'm going into my 26th year in just law enforcement okay and does uh, is atoka have the same retirement no, no. i um 
I left, um, I, I think it's called a region's retirement uh-huh. out of Covington. They now have TCRS, uh-huh. which is state retirement. It's the same as the sheriff's office. Had. And now Atoka has the same thing. Uh-huh. Um, but I just started in it. I'm about two and a half years in. Yeah. Well, you're still young enough. And now you've well, got a growing family that's going to yeah. make it younger. Before we got on here, I told Jay, I said, yeah. I heard you're a daddy again. And then his comment was, well, I kind of already always I've, been, I've a, been daddy. a daddy. I haven't really yeah. quit being a daddy because his kids are all grown. Because uh, you're a granddaddy too, right? Yes. Yeah. How's that? Uh, yeah, that's fun. <laughs> um, the the new baby's fun. Uh, he's three months, just turned three months old last week. Yeah. Congratulations um, on that, man. And and he's younger than all the grandkids. So <laughs> so they've got an uh, their uncle uncle that's uh, <laughs> Excuse me. yeah yeah their uncle is the youngest out of them. Yeah, yeah. So it's uh, three grandkids and a and a plus grandkid. Nice. Uh, he's five. The plus grandkid. Which is Bailey, my youngest. His wife had a four-year-old. And now he's five, and uh, so he came along also. Yeah, yeah. And then two other grandsons and a granddaughter. That's a year old. Man, I didn't realize it was that. I, I kind of keep up with them <clears throat> on social media a little bit, but I didn't realize you, you had oh, yeah. had that big of an army of all this kids. was all this happened last year. So it's all all of all, a sudden. All in Bailey had two babies in one calendar year. Yeah, one in January and one in November. Man, that's some work. <laughs> and then Austin had one in July, and then um, we got ours in December. December. So all in the same year. All in the same year. Well, my, I commend you on that, man. I don't have the grandkids yet, but uh, I know Austin. That you know of. That, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, honestly, old Jude, man. <laughs> if any of them get any of the those weaknesses of mine, that boy has got it. Anyway, uh, Jude, Austin, though, is married to McKenna. I don't know if you've ever met her. She's a I saw pictures of her. great woman, man. Great girl. He's so lucky to have her. And she's ready to be a mama now. And, like, I'm honestly ready where I'm ready to have some grandkids, but he wants to wait. So Austin's waiting. And then Alex is in the Navy out in San Diego. He's probably got some kid somewhere (laughs) he don't know about. Uh, But so far, none of them have – Jade's got a guy that she's with uh, all the time, and he's a good dude, but they don't – I don't know when they're going to move forward on any of that. How old is she now? 22. Really? Yeah. I got her and Bailey are close. I yeah. Didn't realize that they're close. Yeah. She, man, she's the only one that's, you know, I don't know if you remember when they were little, but I kind of treated her different. She was a princess, oh, right? Yeah. Treated I like remember. a princess. Yeah. yeah. And so I think that was a mistake because now she, she <laughs> just, she does really, Yeah. 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 She, she doesn't really, she uh, she's not like the boys are. Um, there's something I was going to ask you. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, I don't know if you know this, but Madeline and I, well, I don't know if she, I should tell that. No, she don't want me to tell that. <laughs> we're, we're trying to, let's just say we're working on something. But, you know, I had gotten You're fixed, right. and then yeah. I went and got refixed, yeah. which was an experience. I know. Let me tell you. Oh, did you? That's you right. You did the same too. Guy. Yeah, that's right. I forgot. That's right. Man, that is such a shady <laughs> setup that dude's got. So I forgot you're the one that sent me there. Yeah. So welcome. so I get a I got a Jay and I both had gotten vasectomies right, and then we got the fix, the reverse the reversal. reversal right. So there, I was talking about like where to go, who's a good guy to go to, and it and sounded like a black market thing. It's straight up, it. straight up shady. Like if I if you hadn't gone, I remember vividly when I was in there, it was so shady the setup. I would have left. <laughs> but because you had done it, I was like, ah, I guess yeah. he knows what he's doing. Because what dude does is you walk in this waiting room, and there's a card on the counter that says the doctor will be with you in a moment. He's in surgery. And there's nobody else there. So you're sitting there. And then all of a sudden, out of this, this mine was on the right. Out of the right room, this dude comes limping out. Got his family with him where he didn't have the procedure. And then um, and then the doctor all of a sudden is in the, in the lobby area. He's like, hey, let's fill this paperwork out. So you fill the paperwork out. He takes the rest of your payment or whatever. It's all cash he wants, yeah. right? And then he says, then he goes into the other side that's a waiting, that's a, like a, a conference room. And he brings you in there and then he gives you the spill real quick about this is what we do. You want a pill, da 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 da. Because I had never had an anxiety pill before. Yeah. And I asked him about it and it threw him off because he was like, you want it or not? Like he just didn't <laughs> want to talk about it. Then he takes you straight into connected to that room, an operating room. And I'm sure the other side's the same way. I don't know. And he's the only dude in there. Yeah. So it's the no one help. dude. No. So yeah. he preps you and starts, then he wants to pray over you. So yeah. he prays over you and then uh, gets to hacking on you and does the deal. And it was a, I was awake the whole time. Yeah. Was, yeah. Man. In, in, right outside of Muskogee. Yeah. Oklahoma. Yeah. 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 <laughs> exactly. Because I had was. to play the song. <laughs> yeah. So uh, was your experience as, uh, yeah. Mine was pretty true. traumatic. Yeah. <laughs> 
Well, I didn't want to tell you all that. <laughs> oh, yeah. Thanks, Jay. That was terrible. I gave you the facts. It worked. Yeah, yeah well. Oh, so yours did work. Yeah. Good, good. Well, mine didn't. Really? So, yeah, I went no, and found mine... out it didn't work. Oh, that sucks. Yeah, they think that it might have been, uh, that it may have worked like at the very beginning, but that then scar tissue developed, and so yeah. it didn't work. So, uh, And they don't recommend that I do another one. So um, it is what it is. Yeah, well. Yeah. I mean, at least you got the story. <laughs> I wish I didn't have the story. I mean, you literally looked down and I saw my insides. That's well, not, you're not supposed to see your own insides. I, I would, I'll show you a picture later. <laughs> oh, I got a picture. And then I walked out and it had a McDonald's straw hanging out. He puts a McDonald's straw in it with a safety pin. Yeah, which he then sent Oh, I sent to a picture. I sent a picture. Yeah. I think he showed me. Yeah, I think he showed me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just yeah, that I picture still, alone yeah. caused me pain just I, looking at it. I still have it. You, you can see mine too, John. No, that's okay. <laughs> that was rough. Yeah, uh, it did. Uh, I need to get up and adjust just talking about no, it. Oh, yeah, I'm sweating. <laughs> like, I'm starting to sweat over here it's, thinking about it. Rough. I told Madeline that that was the, the purest, <clears throat> most love I think I could show anybody. Yeah, it, it was... Uh, Definitely an experience. Yeah, because I think it took what was it, hour or two? Yeah, a couple hours. Uh, the worst part was like thirty minutes of him numbing everything. That to me was the worst. And then he got down there and uh, I had a uh, because it was so long. Mine has been like sixteen, seventeen years. <laughs> the, the, not not that. I was talking about the, the surgery. Yeah, I'm talking about the surgery. No, 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 that was not a problem. Anyway, so he, he gets down there. And he goes, uh, uh, what hmm. he, I can't remember what he said, but one of the vast deference tubes was connected inside. So he goes and yanks. Nope. And I, man, I felt it up in my throat. Yeah. And he goes, sorry about that, but I knew if I told you you'd jump, I had to get it loose. So he like loosened it from tissue inside so he had mm. enough to, to tie that thing back up. Mm -mm. Oh, y'all got me sweating over here yeah. just hearing yeah. about it. I'm sorry. We got lots of folks watching it too to hear about our uh, experiences. This is the most abuse we've had in a while. <laughs> sorry, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> Don't ask me. If, look, if you're watching and you got somebody that wants either a vasectomy or a reversal, I am not the guy to talk to about it. Well, I mean, you can call me. I'll, I'll recommend the guy. Yeah. Oh, well, I'm not saying he's not a good dude. I'm just saying the experience was rough. Hindsight, I probably should have been put to sleep. Michelle well, Allen says she was not prepared for this conversation. <laughs> well, that, look, on a positive note, while we were there, so my wife decided we needed to go to Tulsa mm -hmm. because Wicket was playing. That's I'd, right. Mm -hmm. I'd never seen it. Well, highly do not recommend going to Tulsa <laughs> after having a day surgery. after having yeah. the surgery wearing jeans. Mm. Not, mm. not recommended. You should probably... Use the ice and just chill. Yeah, well, I was in rough shape. I, I wasn't was going nowhere. We stayed an extra. You have to stay, I think, a day, right? Yeah. It was a day, which it was all such setup because even the hotel we yeah, stayed the hotel in. Knew. Yeah, the hotel knows what's up. They're like, "Oh, you're here for that." Yeah. And but Madeline, <laughs> Madeline made fun of me because the one guy that we saw limping out when I was going in, he was in the same hotel, of course. Yeah. And that morning, my morning after. He was outside, like, walking laps around the thing. And I was like, Madeline's like, well, he's not having a problem. Yeah, well, he didn't listen to the doctor. No, no, he didn't. I couldn't walk yeah. nothing. I, like, mm -hmm. I didn't get up out of the bed for a day. I was, oh, it was traumatic. Yeah, and then I took my own uh, McDonald's straw out. That was uh, an experience. Uh, Josh, Josh recalls the pictures yes, and all that. Yes, the best pictures yeah. ever. <laughs> For those that don't know, the drainage tube is a McDonald's straw that yeah, like folds yeah. into. It's really not yeah. a McDonald's. It looks like a McDonald's straw. It's it's more rubbery. Yeah, surely it's. I'm sure it's very professional. Yeah, I was like, this guy's cutting all the corners. <laughs> while while he was doing it, I was adding up in my head what he was probably making, right? Because I know what we paid for it. Yeah. And he said he does sometimes six, seven of those a day, yeah, depending I, on the day. I was the first one in, so. Well, and then he's got uh, two clinics. He's got that one and one in, uh, like, Delaware or yeah. somewhere, he said. Yeah. And uh, he he only does those and has, like, minimal stats, like one dude that helps him clean up a little bit. That's it. Cash money. Oh, hey. Hey, if you can do it. But, you know, I was recommended by another guy. Mm -hmm. So that's how I knew about it. And this, the guy that recommended it to me is... Uh, Man, he's got like seven or eight kids. Post it yeah. afterwards. Yeah. yeah. Well, he told me that mine was a 50-50 shot. Um, yeah. I mean, I guess you never know, but yeah, apparently mine didn't take. So, well, anyway, we can change the topic yeah, on that. Please. <laughs> yeah, please. Well, let's talk about that, though, being a new daddy. Uh, I mean, you've been an old daddy, but you're an older person yes. as a daddy now. 
So not older. You're really still. I mean, forties are not is not old. But how is that compared to when you were in your twenties as a daddy with a little kid? Oh man, it's totally different. I mean, back then, I, like I had a terrible job. I was literally digging ditches, not mm. no insurance, nothing. When Austin was born, um, nineteen years old, no zero patients. Mm. Uh, so the, the biggest thing is the the, the patience. Just mm. you know, I don't. None of it makes me mad anymore. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's just, uh, he's fussing. That's what babies do. Yeah. You know, I can afford to take him to the doctor and, you know, or whatever he needs. So the, the biggest difference is just being, uh, I don't want to act like I've got much money or anything, but, you know, financially stable. Yeah. And, um, well, that's definitely truth to that. Yeah. And I, I so I'm, that's one stressor I'm not worried about. Mm -hmm. So now it's focused to make sure he's good to go. Yeah. Um, so it, I don't want to say it's easy because he may, you know, I work nights and he's up all day, so I'm too old to be doing that. But uh, <laughs> other than uh, just not getting a rest, man, I can't complain. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a lot easier. Well, I have a theory on why grandparents have that sort of different love and patience. And I think it's because, and you can tell me what you think about this, but I know that I had the same experience as you. I was 18 when Alex right. was born, right? And in my 20s, man, you know, I was, I'd made selfish decisions. Oh, yeah. I was, I mean, I, I definitely did stuff that hindsight I would do different. And I remember also some of the things that at this point as a father, I feel were the most important parts. Like when the pitter patter, when you run home and they want to hug you and they want your time and you're exhausted and you just want a few seconds to watch TV or whatever, you know, and they want that time, read them a story or whatever. I realize those moments are the most important. And so oh, I yeah. think that grandparents have, have, you know, raised the kids up and they realize those instances are so important, the kid wanting and needing you. And so I think it sort of changes the way you love them, I guess. So I was curious, you're kind of, even though you're, I don't, you, you don't like a granddaddy to me, but at the granddaddy age where you got grandkids, right. I, I bet you kind of have that love now for your actual child. Oh yeah. It, it's a kid. It's the, you know, like you said, I get off at six in the morning. I get home. He's getting up, man. We watch TV. We, you know, we chill. We, we watch, I was restarted watching Justified. Mm -hmm. If y'all have never seen it, awesome show. Um, I'm actually on season five of it, so it's almost over again. I haven't watched, I, I watched, uh, I think, like an episode. Oh, of man, it. it's awesome. Yeah, yeah. But um, it's even better the second time. Okay. But so I'm up watching that with him, and, you know, we're, we're chilling, and everything's great. And, you know, when I get sleepy, and he's not. That, that's the hardest thing. Um, but it, uh, he's, he's a good baby. You know, if he's crying, there's something wrong. Yeah. Um, and then I guess my other kids, that's the way they were too, but I just didn't know. Well, year. how's that dynamic with Austin? They and seem and stuff? to uh, just asking them. They seem to, you know, think yeah. everything's cool. You know, they seem they come up and visit. You know, yeah. So uh, Bailey and them were staying at the house until like last week. Mm -hmm. So I got to see the grandkids and him every. They were together all the time. Yeah. So uh, I don't know. I'm, you have to ask them. Yeah. If I tell you, it'll be my opinion. Yeah, I was always curious because, like, if, if Madeline <clears> and I had one, uh, that you know, June seventeenth, he'll be eighteen in two weeks, so they're all basically grown. You right. know, so it's like, how does that dynamic work? Yeah, I mean, we us? talked to them and um, they were on board. Um, which I mean, we were going to do it. Mm -hmm. I'm glad they're on board. Mm -hmm. But um, you know, Austin's wife watched him. While Austin and I go try to play golf. Um, yeah, I saw you had legalized mulligans, and yeah, I thought it like, said something else for a second. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm, I, I agree with that also. Okay, well, I do too. If, but, my, if my vote was the yeah. one to, you know, beat uh -huh. the tie, uh -huh. it, it would be legal. Yeah. But uh, it's not, so y'all don't yeah, keep it. exactly. So don't do it in Tennessee. <laughs> don't do it. You have to call Jerry. Yeah. Um, and if I lock you up, you're going to lose. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, um. Are you at the point on the cop side where if you lock him, I, I, I don't want a dog on him, but like, because I love Jeff Thompson. I love him. But when I see him in court, if the court documents come across and they've been arrested by Jeff Thompson, I'm like, oh, you did it for oh, sure. Yeah. Like, you did something. Yeah. Because he wouldn't be screwing with you. Well, man, I, I, I know we're just jumping around topics. Yeah, but yeah. Since day one, uh, when I started, my thing's always been if I don't think that they 100% are guilty, mm -hmm. I'll get them next time. Mm hmm. And I'm talking about on anything. Yeah. So when I go to court, I'm 100% positive. Win or lose, mm -hmm. I mean, I've lost. But 
I can leave out of there if I lost. I know I did what was right. Yeah. Because I'm not ever going to, you know, it, I'm going to be 100% certain. Yeah. Now, y'all may beat me uh-huh. on, a, on something that I'm going to learn from. Yeah. But at this point, probably not. Um, but, it, you know, it, if I arrest them, yeah, they, uh, they did it. Well, one thing that I'm, I'm curious, you know, you, I think, Jay, more than, definitely more than me when I was a cop, had a perspective that I'm, I'm about to talk about that <laughs> I had to learn yeah. as on the other side. Right. Because the thing that I wish more cops were aware of is I thought I was thinking about this yesterday. I was in court yesterday. I was in Sessions Court. Uh, No, I'm taking that back. I was in Circuit Court. I sat in there in Circuit and I was looking at a, I was kind of sitting against the wall in the corner so I could see the other lawyers, the judge, the bailiffs, and all the people that are accused of state's day. So it was all the indictments, right? Anyway, so I'm looking at all these people and it's such a clear dichotomy of the way like the DAs and the cops generally look at these people that are accused of offenses, right? Some of them are innocent. Some are right. But more importantly, they're all human. And, and like some of them have never been in trouble before and they had one instant that was an error. Maybe this one mistake. And now they're in here and it's literally changing the whole scope of their life. And what I, what I wish I had thought about more when I was a cop is the ripple effects. Right. If you arrest someone and you're not sure about what I mean, you got to do your job. I get it. They, they got, if they got probable cause, you know, you got to do what you got to do to keep the peace. But like domestics, you lock them up. It can affect their job. It affects their relationship with their kids. They're going to have to pay a bunch of money. They might end up, you know, going. There's all these things that are ripple effects that happens. And these are humans. These are people that. And I didn't look at it that way when I was a cop in my twenties. Right. Man, they were. The criminals, put them under the jail, yeah. just doing black, my job. Black and white, no gray. And I even remember back then, though, your view was not quite as uh, yeah, no, I, black and white, though, as mine was. Well, just the, the people, I tell everybody, and you know, I'm not going to get deep into my past, but uh, nobody I grew up with graduated high school. All of them have been to jail or prison. I'm talking about to a, to a friend, mm-hmm. 100% of the people I grew up with are either in jail, been to jail, in prison, been to prison. Not a one graduated high school. I was the only one and I don't even know why. I don't I don't know how it happened. Mm-hmm. It did. Um luck of the draw or whatever, I don't know. Just stuff at school kept bringing me back. I don't know. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of reasons why I think so, but I'm just gonna keep it to myself. But um so I had that perspective going into it. That, you know, hey, sometimes it's it's usually not one thing mm-hmm. that leads you to that or gets you caught. Yeah. It's it's a whole bunch of little things, and then the next thing you know, you're already in the wrong spot. Yeah. Well, anytime the police show up, it's the wrong time. Yeah. You know, <laughs> so nothing nothing good happens. Because I, I still tell people, tell people to this day, I'm like, look, we don't randomly just choose a house out and just stop. Mm-hmm. Y'all call. And when you call, we have to deal with what you call about. Mm-hmm. Well, we may find out that it's not exactly what you thought it was when you called, and it may be on you. Mm-hmm. I mean, you may be the the guilty party. Yeah. And uh, you called on yourself without you thinking you're gonna get you know your friend here in trouble, and mm-hmm. now it's you. So that's a bad decision on your part. Had you known, you probably wouldn't have called. Mm-hmm. But I found that most of the time, on the little stuff, you know, a criminal's a criminal. Mm-hmm. You're gonna get them twenty times over your career. You know, they start young and never quit. Mm-hmm. They quit when they go to jail, you know, or go to prison. But the one, the people that get that one time and they end up in circuit court or, you know, it's a bunch of bad, small decisions mm-hmm. led them to that one decision where they got caught slipping. Mm-hmm. And the police ended up being there. And it may be, I, I won't even, DUIs. I don't agree with them. I mean, I'm, I'm like you. Best way not to do it, don't drink and drive. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, it happens. Mm-hmm. You know, you may not realize it. The next thing you know, you, you hemmed up. But, you know, beating up your spouse or your boyfriend, girlfriend, whatever, um, that's that's a choice. Because mm-hmm. if, you, if you can't control your emotions, you need to either figure out a way to or get going. Mm-hmm. So, to me, I, I, I that's the one thing I really don't, it's really not a lot of gray area for me. Mm-hmm. Either you did or you didn't. Yeah. You know? But, like, drugs in your car, or something, 
you know, maybe they ain't your pants. <laughs> well, so I guess again, I I don't automatically. I, I actually ask this in trial. So we go to trial. One of the things I ask the jury, and as soon as I stand up, I go up to the jury, and I say, "Who, when they walked in, wondered mm, when they saw the client, wonder what he did, wonder what he did." Yeah, because it shouldn't be that way. No. Like it's they're innocent as they sit there. It shouldn't be. Oh, I have an assumption that they're guilty and they did something. And even if they're charged criminally, the cops may have probable cause something happened, but it's got to be proved beyond a reasonable doubt. Right. And sometimes people lie, like on domestics especially. Oh yeah. You know, I I, I had my own little. Uh, history no, with yeah. folks lying about stuff you yeah, know it happened and uh it can happen and and i just not i'm not saying the cops shouldn't arrest people and obviously if they have probable cause that they, and they need to keep the peace they do what they got to do but you know domestics and duis both are good examples of where you know you you maybe you like i, I have some duis where they did give blood they arrested them right and it's zero alcohol zero drugs like they're not dui they right. got arrested you know what i mean and it wasn't a dui it was just a miscalculation and now they've had the fallout from that i mean hiring me alone is expensive you know yeah so i mean i just have this different perspective on it and it's it's uh, I try to stay in the middle because I know as a cop I was on one side and I'm trying to not be that defense lawyer that's all the way on the other side. You know, I'm trying to be in the middle line right. of what's good and bad. I will say this. When we have, uh, like we had, a, he's, our, he's actually a, a client. I was sitting there and there was this guy that walked in and I forgot that uh, we had represented him in the lower court. And I looked at him and I'm like, I bet that guy diddled some kids. <laughs> that's what I thought. He looked like a kid diddler. Hey. And then, you and know, then, guess what? He gets indicted on. Yeah, kid diddling. Exactly. Yeah, and I was yeah, like, sometimes mm. it fits. Yeah, yeah. You know. So I mean, that's a little different. <clears throat> don't be kid diddling. So. Yeah, don't do that. That's that's bad. Yeah, but yeah, I, I mean, most of everything is gray nowadays. Yeah, in, in my mind, you know. I, do you think that's an experience thing though? Yeah, it it's most definitely is. Even as a brand new cop, you know, I had the the other perspective. So I. A lot of times, it you had to, you had to make me arrest you, mm -hmm. and I did a lot of people, but it was it was their choice. Mm -hmm. But now I try to explain to people, especially like weed and stuff. I know it's illegal, but if you get an eighteen year old, maybe it's they're driving their friend's car and they left a very small amount in there, mm -hmm. and you charge that kid in court, and you even if you write him a ticket, you're still essentially you're arresting them. Mm -hmm. You're, you're charging them. They're going to court. Well, that's going to follow them. Yeah. You know, they're, they're more than likely going to plead guilty. Mm -hmm. And even if they, you know, use a diversion, well, then then they're done. They can't ever do anything stupid again. Mm -hmm. But it may not even have been on them. And the officer just only sees black and white. It was here, it's yours, you did it. Yeah. Without taking into account that maybe there's some kind of circumstance that, no, they didn't. Yeah. Or that, that's maybe not the best route to go, mm -hmm. you know. And I really think that we should have other, you know, other avenues instead of just, you know, sending them straight into court. And this is a permanent thing that's going to follow them forever. Yeah. Because you know, eighteen year old kid, you make dumb decisions. You know, yeah. if they're out here shooting people or something, hey, that's on them. Yeah, that's different. I agree. Or yeah. if you've been getting arrested since you were twelve. Yeah. And then you get eighteen when you know the police have been waiting on you. Mm -hmm. You know, and they're like, oh, got you now. You're going to jail. You're going to big boy jail. No more, you know, sending you home tomorrow. But you, know, you get that, and it's not even rare. You get it all the time. Those 18, 19-year-old kids may have beer in the car. Maybe they're not even drinking. Their friend left it in there. Maybe somebody left some weed in the car. Nobody wants to claim it. You're going to lock up everybody. And it's, you know, a small, and I know my boss is probably going to be like, man, shut up about <laughs> But um, well, I mean, th there's there's a lot of truth to that though, and I see again the re repercussions because right. I'll have kids that are eighteen, nine, you know, they can be eighteen, nineteen, still in high school. Jude right. is a junior, and he's going to be eighteen in two weeks, right. so he's going to he's going to be nineteen as a, a senior, right? And so he's in school, and maybe they want to go into the military and stuff. The military won't take them on any kind of probation. So if they even if they do diversion as an option that will eventually clear their record, they're on probation for a year. Right. And so then that can trip them up to where they might have become a good citizen and right. and not. But, I mean, ultimately, like you said in the beginning, I tell people this. I've never smoked weed. Still, never used it. We even went. Uh, Me either. I bought some. <laughs> I bought some in uh, Metropolis, Illinois, uh, just because I was like, you know, I've never bought 
weed or anything before, and it's legal it's there. Not, that don't count when you go in the store. Well, know. yeah, well, I didn't. I mean, unless and, and you're meeting I didn't, somebody in the back. No, I didn't do that. The, I didn't even use it, though. But it was like, it was so funny because, look, I walk in, and it's like a weed store, and I look like a criminal because I was like, ah, there's weed. And yeah. so I go, and I order the stuff, and they, they package it the way they do it, and you wait, and they call your name, and they're like, Jerry Mason. And I was like, oh, we're the cops. They can see me. So I go over, and I'm going to buy it, and I go, I've never bought this before to the cashier. And she's like, uh, first time for everything, sir, because, you know, it's legal. Yeah. Anyway, that was my only experience yeah, with that it. Don't, um, that don't count. But man. I tell people, you know, culturally it's changed. Right. You know, the younger generation, the majority of them are probably pro-weed. And then you got older than us generation that, oh, it's the devil's lettuce, you know. It's a difference. I don't even know that. The, I think that the older than us people are probably more open to it than we are. Yeah. Well, I'm open to it being legal. But now you are. Yeah. But I probably wasn't in my 20s. Yeah. 15 years ago when mm -hmm. you were a deputy, you weren't. You were 100% right. against it. Oh, yeah. I liked Even it. then, I was... I, I was, liked a guy up for a seed one time. Right. And honestly, it might have been like a parsley seed or something. I don't even know. <laughs> Look, I liked him up, though. I, I'm, I'm actively a police officer. Uh -huh. And I may get in trouble for it, but I think it should be legal. Yeah. I don't think you should ride around, you know smoking weed and driving and yeah, stuff. Yeah, no, no, no different than, than alcohol. Yeah, no yeah. more than alcohol. But what you if you could legally go buy it, then you're not in the in the shady part of town buying weed where you could potentially get robbed, shot, mm -hmm. whatever, you, where you shouldn't you wouldn't normally be there unless you were getting something that could be sold at a store and yeah. the government make revenue on it. Yeah. And it's you know it's not laced with some kind of fentanyl or that, something. Yeah, that's, that's another big problem you. we have is people that, doing marijuana and then it's got fentanyl. A lot of the it. weed that's been taken to um, get tested in the lab has fentanyl in it. Yeah. You know, y'all kids, keep this in mind. It will kill you. So, uh, Or get them addicted to right. something they didn't expect. Right. So, yeah, there can definitely be fallout from it. Yeah, I, you know, and I, like I said, I know we're jumping all over, but I listen to, you know, podcasts at night and stuff. And, um... You know, a lot of people, and I agree, that, that fentanyl is, the people aren't overdosing, they're getting poisoned. Because mm -hmm. they're, not, they're not taking it because they knew they were taking it. Yeah. Like, somebody's slipping it to them, you're basically, you're poisoning them. It's, it's no different than giving them, like, arsenic or something. Yeah. You know, because you're giving them something they didn't think they were taking, and they're dying from it, not knowing. Yeah. So, if you could take this one thing out of the, the darkness and sell it in the light, to me, that would cut down on a whole lot of those ODs that, that you know, I agree. Are so and prevalent. the state would benefit. Tax revenue, schools. Yeah. I mean, it'd be a lot of infrastructure money. There's things that well, if, you could go to scholarships. If the federal stuff. government would decriminalize it, yeah. you know, so that you could put your money in the bank and not worry about getting robbed at your dispensary. Not having to Bitcoin it up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I can't afford that. So. Yeah. Be cool. It's gone up it's now. Got, it was down, and it's, down. it's gone uh, up now because of the run on the banks. If it was $10 a piece, I couldn't afford it. So oh, I come got, on now. I got a new baby at the house. You can buy it. You, <laughs> you don't have to buy a whole Bitcoin. You can buy it incrementally. Oh, you're right. It, did. Yeah. Ooh, it went way back It up. did. It went way back up. All, all of them did, uh, except the USD like, coin. Literally, I just checked Ethereum the other day. It was at 1400 mm -hmm. It's at 1705 Now, this morning, I did, did my fat guy cardio, and I looked, and saw it was going up. So, How, uh, how's your... Your Achilles doing there? Uh, so, man, I get, everybody, of course, says because I'm old and all no. that, but that's not I'm, it. I'm you older. get hurt. You know, you get hurt. Some people get hurt. Yeah. It happens. Young guys get hurt, yeah. right? So the problem is, is I think I overdid the rehab on the hamstring because I really was so frustrated that uh, I had injured it. So I did like double rehab on the hamstring. Well, I, I noticed that uh, the last month or two, my ankle's been swollen real bad. Like, I got a cankle down there, right? Yeah. And I just thought it was swelling dropping from the hamstring. But then it get, kept getting worse and worse, and my Achilles has got a knot on the back of it. hurts really bad. And I'd wake up in the middle of the night, and it was on fire. So finally, I went and got it checked out. And the way they described it is, your Achilles tendon is like a bundle of spaghetti, and that the middle spaghettis are torn, and the out ones are still good. So I don't need surgery, but I got to rest it and rehab, right. and I don't rest stuff well. So yeah. it's going to be fine. It's just something else I got to rehab. I, I hurt mine a few years ago when I was doing a lot of running, yeah. and um, I thought I had torn it or something, and I went to a specialist, and he's like, nah, you just, you're just a sissy. <laughs> well, that's kind of what I thought when Madeline was like, you yeah. need to get that checked it, but out. But mine had the little knot in it and yeah. stuff, and, yeah. uh, and I was, you know, back in the old days, if you tore your Achilles, you're basically... That was it. Yeah, yeah. you got to cut your leg off. Mm -hmm. 
and uh, he's like, no, nah, man, we can put it back together. If you even if you tore it off, he's like, I can yeah. put it back together, no problem. You have a little small scar. I'm yeah. Like, oh, okay. Well, that's basically what's up with mine. But he's like, it's nothing wrong with it. You just, you know, being sissy. Yeah, well, I've been accused of other things. But it did have a little knot on it, and so I just slacked off on the running and stuff, you know, for four years. Well, I'm doing, I just do an old guy elliptical Well, I took four-year break. I'm still thinking about getting back into it. Well, I said this year I was going to run the St. Jude Marathon again, but honestly, with this Achilles, I don't know that I'm going to be able to train for it. Yeah. I was slow anyway, so I can't imagine how slow I'll be if uh, – if yeah. I even get this where I can run it. Yeah, I know. I, I started training for it, and I never did. Um, I did. We did like the um, the relay part of it, mm. and I, my my part was like six point six miles. Yeah, and it was the last leg. So like I'm passing all the marathoners at the end. <laughs> yeah, and, looking and, like you got it. And then you know I'm running ten miles <laughs> at the time, so I'm like running yeah. you know, a seven and a half eight minute mile. You know I'm I'm running. Yeah, yeah. And everybody's like, yeah, good job. I'm like, no, no, no. not really. <laughs> Well, I, I trained a year for it, but I've never been a runner. I don't even remember when we trained, man. I could sprint pretty good, but I was never a runner. Well, never I, a long-distance runner. It was, it was around that time where I started learning how to run. Yeah. And uh, got to fairly decent at it. Yeah, uh, yeah. You were always better at it yeah, than I, can't, I was. I, I, the 26 miles, you know. but you know, It's more mental, though. Yeah. That's the thing. Like, you could do it. It's just mental, the yeah. mental barrier of doing it. But it, I'll tell you what. It was definitely a separation of the pack. So when you're running along in the St. Jude, and they had this split off where the half marathoners loop right. around, yeah. and the marathoners keep going. And up till then, it's a pretty good herd of people, right? Well, you get to that split, and everybody's cutting off, and it's you and like two dudes, and you're like, "This was a mistake." Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. uh, but I'm glad that I did it. I just wanted to. I, I tell you why I wanted to do two more. Uh, o Ed Doyle, with the I Express Chevrolet saw guy, on the way down here. Okay, I Ed, had to wait on him across the crosswalk. Oh, did you? Yeah. Ed and uh, uh, Jan, the mayor, okay. uh, they both yeah. ran three marathons. And I found this out, and I was like, I can't have these old dudes out running yeah. me. You know, I got to do at least. Be three. careful calling Ed an old dude. He's watching right now. That's right. <laughs> he knows. It's because I love him. I should say older. Hey, Ed, me. that was me in the green uh, Silverado. <laughs> I let you and your uh, son, I guess, by. Um, they, uh, they're motivating me, is what it is. I got to step Yeah, up. I want to, um, if I can. Stay healthy. I want to try to get back. Probably not this year, definitely. But Yeah, you can definitely do it, man. Now, I did it. My average mile, I think, was like 12 and a half minutes. Yeah. And uh, The last time I ran, I only ran like, well, I ran the, the Go Lucy Go, and it was terrible. Uh, about halfway through, I was like, oh, I'm going to die. But, um, and that's like the worst run I've ever had. But before that, I was running about 10 and a half minute miles. Yeah. For like ten miles, yeah, yeah, you know, and, uh, yeah, no, nah, my fastest. I mean, even if I'm doing a short run, it might be a ten, eleven minute mile, like yeah. at three miles. So, I'm just, you know, I'm I'm bigger, and I can tell genetically, I'm just always going to be a bigger dude. Well, I think that's so. It's harder. I'm not used to being bigger, mm-hmm. <laughs> so I think that's what's the last few times I ran. I'm just. I'm used to, I could be like, man, I'm going to run for a week and I'm yeah. going to lose 10 pounds. Yeah. Now I'll run for a week and gain four. No, that's how yeah. I am. I'm like, I, can, I can look at food and get gain weight. a terrible now. idea. Uh, hey, on another thing, though, he's talking about enforcing the law. And we don't have to talk about this if you don't want to because it may be somewhat controversial. But I've been waiting on somebody to talk to, with about it, right? The, the media has even called me on this. So you know Tennessee passed the law where uh, you can't cross-dress, basically, and as of July 1st, in front of kids or allow your kids to be exposed to it. And I looked at the law. It's an A misdemeanor if it happens once. The second time, it's a felony. It's wow. a felony if the second. So, so the reason I bring it up, you and I are both professional wrestling fans, right? You've been in the ring. I was accidentally in the ring with uh, uh, Bill Dundee that time, yeah. remember? Yeah. Well, Max Bishop threw a chair at me. <laughs> anyway, and, and so we've also like, we like dressing up, doing different crazy stuff just for fun. And if I so I was in the Rocky play. Well, if this law had been leaked, had been in a for in force when I hurt myself, because Jude stepped into my role. Right. Well, he's seventeen. Well, there's some cross dressing in that. It yeah. fills that law. I, I didn't think about that. Could have been cited. Right. If it had a second weekend where he appeared in there and was saw that as a seventeen year old, I could have been charged with an e felony over it. Felony. Anyway, I'm struggling with it because I know the I know the purpose. I know that they did it because they didn't want cross dressing folks, uh, trans folks, in around the kids. Like I get it, that's the target. But there's a lot of uh, it's to me when you start infringing on free speech and dress is a form of free speech. 
I think it starts to be a very slippery slope on, well, what about the stuff that you're doing? What about passion plays well, I mean, and things, you know? What if I don't like that? Yeah, Comic-Con. Yeah, I don't know if you saw my wrestling gimmick. I did. That's kind of why I was hitting at it. Well, you, you were kind of... Uh, just think of the low-budget Ric Flair. I was going to say, a la Ric Flair. Yeah. Low, 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 low budget. Yeah. You know. But yeah, my, my robe didn't cost $10,000. Uh-huh. like more like $10,000. Uh-huh. $10,000. Uh, <laughs> I, I haven't read the law, um, but I never thought of it as perspective of a player or something like that. Mm-hmm. You know, actually driving up square, I came by the rough and I saw the what, what's the little shop of horrors yeah. coming up, and that made me think of that play. I've never been to see it. I'm just to be honest with you, I don't like the movie or yeah, just it's not, not a fan. your thing. That's yeah. cool. I, I watched it one time years ago when I was probably 18. My sister and them loved it, and um, I was like, yeah, I don't get it. Not that I'm opposed to it. I mean, I, I think it's entertaining. Well, it's not for everybody. I, I had <laughs> seen pieces me. of it before the year that I was in it. I didn't really even understand what it was about. You know, like, it wasn't my thing. It was just kind of yeah. weird. And then when I got into it, like, the music's actually not bad, to be honest. And then uh, I'm cool, though. You know, again, i kind of grown into this libertarian view where, like, you do you, Jay. If you don't like Rocky Horror, that's great. I support you not liking Rocky Horror. But if you want to dress like a woman... I'm not. I don't. I'm not going to call you, ma'am, because you're a dude, right? right? But you can do whatever you want to do, and it, it doesn't. I don't think it affects me. And I think, as far as parenting, I control what my kil- my children are around and what they think, and they're going to encounter things in the world that I'm going to have to teach them about and explain. You know. Right. Now, I'm not saying a three year old needs to be confused by a seven foot tall dude dressed like a woman. You know trying to read them a book i'm not saying that's okay but i also don't think it's okay to to cram like certain religious views down their throat when they're three years old you know what i mean so i just think it's a slippery slope where we start imposing our views on people uh limiting free speech for things like that i'm a big proponent of free speech big i mean i i know a lot of police officers and you may have been like this somebody cuss you out or whatever man that's never bothered me yeah they got one mf'er I gave no, him. I, so I, I gave him one. In, I did. I'm not gonna lie. I was one of them that bothered. Yeah, as long as it's not bothering somebody else. Yeah. You calling me that? I mean. Well, you were more secure than I was because well, that I was mean, definitely just, an insecurity I had. You know, I, I the way I grew up, you know, I I, I wasn't bullied. Uh, you know, a lot of cops are bullied, and I, you know, I not to put you down. I know you said when you were growing up, you got into martial arts because yeah, I was bullied. Yeah. I, I was sort of the other end. Mm-hmm. I didn't bully anybody, but my friends did, mm. and I was guilty by association. But on the back end, I didn't get bullied yeah. because of my friends. So I was sort of in that the middle. Nobody bothered me. Mm. So it, I didn't. I never had. You know, I, I never felt like I had to poke the chest out because somebody cussed me out. Yeah. And at the end of the day, I didn't figure they could whoop me if they tried. Mm. Especially after you know we got into the heavy training. Yeah. And uh, and to this day, still, I, that's. You know, I, I think every officer should have to learn. I'd say jiu-jitsu, but... I say they need to be at least a blue belt in jiu-jitsu. Right. And I think they need some striking, too. Whether well, it's that, kickboxing, what taekwondo, say. or whatever. Because it starts standing anyway. Well, I was going to say, not just jiu-jitsu. And I, I know a lot of now, it's a big push. Everybody's, you know, every officer should be mandatory jiu-jitsu. Yeah, well, if I punch you in the face? I ask people all... And I used to do it when we were at, at, at the gym training... Have you ever been hit in the face? You know, how many adults do you need? You probably know a bunch. I know a bunch. Mm. Never been hit in the face. Yeah, no, that was the test when we had them come yeah, in. I, I, told, I was Remember? just talking about it the other night. <laughs> I was like, well, we get somebody come in first day. Well, yeah, you, guess, that who, was, uh... guess who you get to spoil? <laughs> yeah, exactly. First day they come in at the old high octane place for the, the everybody wanted to be a fighter. They all come yeah. in these young books. And uh, we put them in there, and Jay or somebody would end up putting punching them in the face. Right. It was the test to see if they were going to stay. Yeah, that's usually me, you, or our mm-hmm. Austin, my Austin, yeah. or Gunner, or yeah, or Gunner. Gunner once, yeah. once Gunner got you know really good, yeah, Gunner, but, uh, Gunner come along, man. Yeah, you know he's still he's a purple belt, I think yeah. now. I think he aren't you a purple belt? No, I thought you had gotten your purple. Well, belt. Well, I got my blue belt in sixteen or seven, <laughs> 2017. Yeah, and I uh, still got it. Yeah, well, I'm technically <laughs> still a blue belt, so. It's fine. I did. Uh, I did go to class last week. Oh, good. I missed all of last year, so uh, I'm probably gonna go tonight. Are you going to stands or a cross kick? Where are you? No, going? I go to cross kick. Cross kick. We're okay. um, we're an affiliate of Memphis. Is that? But they're not in the same place now. No, they're um, they're down past the ATA place in Atoka. 
on the on, on like near that sign. Oh, okay. So it's down on Commercial Drive. It's all on the at other the side. end where okay. that church is. Yeah, they're the first two. It's the same building as the church. Okay. So they moved from the highway down to there. Mm-hmm. Uh, just a better better deal on the yeah. On the well, I think location. Robbie Black. You know, he's got USA Karate over there now. Yeah, uh, I, I think that's it's in Robbie the same Black. building where mm-hmm. where we were. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they do jujitsu and stuff there. I don't any problem with guy. I don't. Uh-huh. I don't. I'm going to talk bad about anybody's martial arts. I don't know anything about it. Yeah. Um, me, I like punching and. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know what you like doing. You know. You were always good boxer. You were good jujitsu too, but you. Uh, I remember you. Your hands were good. But I, I think you know, going back to the to officers, and, and the reason why I say that they should be proficient, at least get punched in the face and, and learn how to train, because in my opinion, um, it stops you from overreacting. Because mm-hmm. you know you. Tell me you're gonna do whatever to me, and then I'm like, okay, I, I don't believe you. And if you get close enough to do it, then I'm. Gonna... I agree. I think you also have better control when you do use force. Right. It, I th- a lot of people think that you learn that stuff and it's gonna make you more violent, but no. what it does is it teaches you awareness. Yes. Exactly. Of how to control and not hurt them, maybe if when, you have when, to. When I, in my opinion, like I say, it's my opinion. I hadn't done a study. I think when an officer hurts somebody and they throw that extra punch, it's it's because they let their emotions get them and they're scared. Yeah, you know they they've never lost a fight in you know in a controlled fight, mm-hmm. so they don't know how they're going to react. They don't know what's going to happen if they get punched in the face. So instead of letting that happen in a controlled environment to where you can react to it and you can you can build your confidence, it happens to them in live, you know, on the street. Mm-hmm. They overreact because they're scared. Well, once you get scared, you know, when do you stop? When you get tired? Yeah. Or when you get them in custody? Well, obviously it should be when you get them in custody, but as we've seen, that's not the case. Yeah. A lot of times it's when you get tired or when other people get there and then they amped up on you and you scare them because yeah. of the way you're acting. And and to me it's, you know, I man, I don't care what you tell me you're going to do. I don't believe you for one. Mm. But for two, if you try to do it, then we're going to find out. Yeah. And once I win, then I 100% am going to win. Mm-hmm. It, on the street, maybe not in the cage because obviously I've lost. But on the street, I don't have an option to lose. Mm-hmm. So I've got to win. Yeah. But once I win, I'm done. Yeah. I don't need the extra punch. I don't need the extra kick. I don't need to do anything to you except for get you in custody. Mm-hmm. And once I do that, I won. Now we're, it's y'all's job. Yeah. You know, it, it's up to the courts to you know, tell me whether I was right or wrong. Well, yeah. obviously, I'm going to think I was right. I was going to go back to my 100%. Yeah. I'm not going to do it unless I think I'm right. You know, if, if I don't think you did what I'm accusing you of, for one, I'm not going to fool with you. I'm going to be like, all right, man, go on. I'll get you next time. You know, because it's probably not your only time you're going to do it. Mm-hmm. You know, most people don't get caught the first time. Mm-hmm. So I don't feel bad when it, it's the first time I ever, okay. That's not relevant. You got caught today, so we're going to deal with today. But, um... So, I don't I don't need that extra validation of beating somebody up in handcuffs or I mean to me that's that's deplorable. Yeah, well, I can yeah. say that in the twelve years I did law enforcement, I never saw excessive force like that. Like I never saw I saw some folks get tuned up, but they asked for it. Right. You know, it wasn't uh, no, no one that I remember. That's why I struggle when you see the the videos that people well, try to. And you, the other you can thing, only relate it to your experience. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like you. I've never, I've never seen it. Mm-hmm. Like I know it happens because I've watched videos. Yeah. But to be on scene and see it happen. And well, I think a lot of those video. You know, the problem is it's there's so much out there, and people <clears throat> ignore the good stuff. Oh yeah. So then all that gets pumped up is when there's some bad incident that occurs, and then that stuff goes viral, and then they attribute that to everybody else. Oh yeah. All the cops are bad. Yeah, everybody's bad. Yeah. Well, it's a hard job though, Jay. Like uh, the the time that I was a cop, I definitely personally it definitely changed my perspective on things. I know that I didn't trust as well. You know, I got divorced through that time, and I think a lot of it, it's my fault, but a lot of it was related to just the mentality of it. The whole thing is it's a diff, it's a difficult job. You know, you're dealing with the the ninety percent worst of the people in society. You know, like ninety percent of the time, the the, right. the worst people in society you're with all the time. So. Uh, you know, I think it takes a special person to do it for a long time. So, well, it, yeah, <laughs> without getting jaded. Well, I mean, so. I don't think you can. Mm-hmm. I don't think you can do it without getting jaded. I think, I think if you do it long enough, what you learn is that 
hey, that's not everybody. Yeah. You know, I, 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 several years ago, I went and, like, took instructor development class. Well, you got to make a presentation. Mm-hmm. Well, my short presentation was on taking field notes, which I know is, seems off topic, but it's gonna, I'm going to get it back. Mm-hmm. So in part of that, I, I reiterated several times throughout the slideshow is that, remember, you know, you, this might be your fourth burglary you went to today or your fourth, you know, theft. Or, but the, um, for that person, this may be the only one they've ever had. Mm-hmm. And this is the worst day they've ever had. Yeah. And if you go in with a cavalier attitude and you're like, well, come on, man, I'm just a fact. You know, let me get out. I have no interest in how you're feeling. Just let me get out of here. Well, then that, that person just had a bad experience from what they're a victim of and the way you just treated them. So you just made them a double victim or you victimize them more. Mm-hmm. So, and, you know, I, I made, I wrote all that down and then forgot about it. So now I teach that class. So going back through my notes, you know, I'm like, hey, you know, I need to keep this in mind because everybody doesn't see this, you know, a thousand times throughout their career. Yeah. You know, they may live in this house 25 years and they've never had a theft, a burglary, or, you know, some idiot in the yard shooting it up or shooting their house. I mean, man, I've been to hundreds of those. Yeah. So to me, just another day, I'm going to take notes. I'm going to go do a report. I'm not going to think any more about it. But for that person, so if you if you keep that in mind when you go, your attitude is a little bit different. And if you every day you remember that a little bit, in a few years, hopefully, you come out the other side and you're not nearly as jaded. Mm-hmm. But you're going to. I mean, you, you know, you've been there. Yeah, you yeah. Know. Even in well, court now, you still get to see that. Yeah, still. I, I was going to say, I have a similar view. I think I think I have a lot of people in the legal community. Some of the lawyers were a little upset with the success that I got pretty quick from doing really through the marketing, right? And what I think they missed was I'm very aware and have been aware now because I'm working on 10 years doing this. I, I was very aware even from the beginning that the people that came to us this was the worst day of their life. And so I couldn't be like nonchalant about it as there, there were things they wanted to tell me whether they're important or not. They want somebody to tell, you know, they want me to understand and hear their side. And so I try to keep that in mind anytime I do intakes with anyone. And then I'm also really aware that they don't understand the system, you know, like they don't understand what happens when they go to court. What do you wear? You know, like all these little things that they don't understand that I've done so many times now that comes uh, second nature. My point is, Part of why I think I have at least done well on with folks coming in and won't hire us is because I listen to them. You know, I listen to them, and I'm aware that this is a traumatic day for them, and that uh, they don't know. And and then my job is to lead them and guide them into the area that I do know. You know, in the courtroom right. now. So uh, I think it goes the same way for lawyers as it does for cops. It's just you know, man, you got to treat people like you want your mama to be treated. You know, just yeah, treat them right. I don't know about that, but somebody's mama that you like. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. Maybe. Well, like, yeah. just to segue off that a little bit. So, like, when I was up here working, a lot of my job was to to get people in the door and hire them, and sometimes fire them, but mostly hire them. And so, where I'm at now, I've tried. We just hired three people, I think, and they're all in the academy, so they're brand new officers. Never worked anywhere, but anywhere. When you when you hire a new employee and it's like getting a new client, when when you get them in the door, you need to have somebody to meet them and greet them and tell them what hey, this is what what's going on. You know, like you said, what do you wear? If you've never been a cop, how do you know what you're going to wear? Mm-hmm. You know, do you just come in with a gun in your you know your waist yeah. like on TV? Yeah, you yeah. know, am I undercover? You know, yeah. like I you know, but and I've tried to explain to them it's like, man, I don't care what age this person is. Everybody's anxious when they start something new. Yeah. You know, especially a field like that, you know, where you might get shot tonight. I yeah. mean, hopefully not, but it's possible. If if you don't walk in with that, you know, if if you don't got your stuff together, it it may happen. Yeah. But so it, anybody, it don't matter what age, they need somebody to walk them through those steps. Mm-hmm. You know, if it's starting a new job in, in this career in mine, or if it's going to court. Man, I, I've never been in court on the opposite side. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't know how to, you know, I wear a uniform when I go. Yeah. If I go for some other reason, I, what am I going to wear? I know what I'm going to wear. I wear a suit, but because mm. uh, I'm not guilty. But <laughs> Got to look innocent. <laughs> but, um, 
you know, it it doesn't matter at what age, man. You could, you need somebody to guide you through the process, yeah. whatever the process is. Yeah. You know, and, and be passionate, or not be passionate, but be understanding that, um, you know, they don't know it. Just because you do it every day, that most people don't. Yeah. You know, I, I still, I my biggest issue is I have really bad social anxiety, even though I do this job. Mm-hmm. When I'm at work, I don't because it's a job. But outside of that job, it's like coming up here today. We've been friends for 20 years. Yeah. I don't know that I've ever noticed you have that kind of anxiety. Well, because, because, I mean, fighting in a cage is one of the most anxious things you could do. And, you know, and, and, you know I, was, I wish I would have watched these podcasts years ago when I was doing it. It was like George St. Pierre and him were like, man, I'm nervous. Yeah. You know, or Chael Sonnen, he's like, you know, right before I would walk out, I wish somebody would pull the fire alarm. I'm yeah. like, yeah. dude, <laughs> why didn't I hear this years ago? Yeah, no, it, but at the end of the day, if you tell somebody you can do something, you got to go through. Mm-hmm. So... Hey, speaking of the MMA real quick, because we're, we're working on an hour here, oh. and I'm going to tie us up in a second. But I do want to ask you, because you remember Dayon? Did you yeah. ever know? Okay, so Dayon still comes. He still does taekwondo, and he's still trying to do MMA some, too. Anyway, he loves John Jones. He's like, John Jones is the man, and after this heavyweight win, he's yeah. like, he's the GOAT. He's the GOAT. And I struggle, and I don't know if I struggle because um, I'm biased because of the background that he had. The, the the it run-ins with the law and whatnot and his attitude because I always like sort of the traditional martial arts right. type like I liked Anderson Silva like George St Pierre I like the traditional uh, yeah. what do you think who do you think's the goat I mean record aside I mean my my absolute favorite all time ever is Randy Couture yeah I mean he's a multi divisional champion too he beat folks that shouldn't have been he shouldn't have been able to beat I yeah mean, look if you think back when he beat Vitor Belfort could nobody beat him. He made him look like a chump. Mm-hmm. And then he same thing with Chuck Liddell. Could nobody beat him? Made him look like a chump. And that was back whenever you know he was pretty much a wrestler that did some boxing. Yeah. And he was like just whooping fools. Yeah, he was. Well, now you, John Jones is you know in his thirties. Well, he started off doing all of this. Mm-hmm. So he he learned it like he never didn't learn MMA. Yeah. So. You think he's a better that Couture's a better fighter because he didn't have the base of knowledge that maybe no, I just think John that, Jones had. That he had the other stuff, the extra. You know, John Jones is, was taught to be a fighter and mm-hmm. be a front runner, and he's extremely good. Now he's won some fights where he, you know, had to come from behind to win. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, he's, he's got to be one of the best. He's he's one of the best. But it, it, I put him in the top five. Favorite? Yeah. No, nah, not even close. I put him in the top five. But man, like Anderson Silva, I remember. I think also I was it's, never a big Anderson Silva fan though. Really? I don't like his style. I don't like. See, I liked it. I, I liked it because like he was it. he was it, it, he was so unique at the time. Like yeah. I remember when he fought Forrest Griffin and front kicked him. Yeah. You know, and right. I mean, like set him down. He was a bigger dude. Uh, but like George St. Pierre, I loved, and he was really more of a wrestler style, but he had such good striking and looked the part. And I like that he wore the uniform and all that. But what I was going to say is I think this discussion though, it's getting to the point with MMA where it's a similar discussion when you talk about the greatest NBA player. So my Austin argues that, uh, LeBron is the, the goat. I say MJ, but we lived MJ and he didn't live that. He didn't feel that experience. So I think with MMA now it's similar. Where generationally it's yeah. getting, it's been around long enough. We were there when George St. Pierre fought Hoist Gracie, or no, yeah. Matt Hughes fought Matt, Hoist yeah. Gracie, and uh, those early fights where it was developing up. So uh, I don't know. Yeah, I, 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 my personal opinion comes into it, and I'm just not a fan of a lot of the the newer style guys. Yeah, but I mean I can't beat any of them. So well, but I mean. <laughs> It's a little different, you know, weight divisions and stuff. Uh, I had all, I wish, there's, you know, I, I try to not have many regrets, but I do regret that I didn't personally pursue more, at least the kickboxing in, because that's where I really think I would have excelled the most at, was the kickboxing. Because uh, if you knew um, Stephen Wonderboy Thompson, yeah. that's how I kicked. Like, he and I were similar styles, and he's done well with it. So I was like, if only I'd gotten over my own fears and anxiety yeah. and uh, not not been so fearful of it. Well, I tell people all the time, like, you know, there's a lot of people don't know, like, MMA is my favorite sport. Mm-hmm. It has been. I've been watching yeah, me since too. Since 93. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I still have all the, I have UFC 1 through whatever mm-hmm. on on uh, DVD. Yeah, I, yeah. You know, I had it on VHS before. Yeah. Um, but 
and, and I tell everybody, I'm like, how many people do you know get to go to be a pro in their favorite sport? Mm-hmm. And I got lucky enough, and it was after we parted ways for a little bit there that I got to fight in Bellator, mm-hmm. which is arguably the number two promotion in the world. Yeah. So forevermore, I can always say, hey, in my favorite sport, mm-hmm. since I'm a kid, I got to fight in the second biggest promotion. At the top level, yeah. I mean, it didn't do very well, but I got to do it. Well, you're not I, there I as a chunk, game. though. You know, you yeah. to, you're there because you've done you've done work to get there. So, but uh, so that's sort of the way I look at all that, you know. And, and like that's another that day, I was like, man, I wish they'd pull the fire alarm. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't want to do it. They got cameras. They got you know. But and that was for every fight, man. It, it didn't matter. Yeah, I, I, that was. I never wanted to walk out there ever. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if you remember. That's why I went from fighting at the end of the car to the beginning. I wanted to get it over with. Yeah, I just couldn't sit back there and wait. Yeah, well, you know, I fought uh, that <laughs> that first pro fight I had was in West Memphis, and I didn't see the guy before the fight. Now I didn't know that. Oh, I, don't, I can't speak ill of him because he's yeah. not with us anymore. But I didn't know that he was kind of the whole thing was set up. It looked like a setup. Anyway, I was so nervous I almost didn't fight because I didn't see the guy. I went and weighed in the whole deal. Yeah. Did the blood? I had to done the blood work whole whole thing, right? I ain't seen the guy, and he's like, "Oh, don't worry about it. It's gonna be fine. We got it." And I was like, "I at least want to see the guy, you know." Yeah. And so then we get there, and then even when I remember getting into the ring, and I remember the guy was uh, he didn't even have like MMA shorts on, yeah. like you know. I was there. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, we so yeah, watch. that's right. You cornered yeah. me. Were you no, there? I didn't. Quarter. I thought you cornered me. Watched. Anyway, he's he's getting in the ring and uh, yeah. he had like had shared some, a, yeah, he like shared somebody's <laughs> gloves. And, but even they had then, a marker on their shirt for the yeah. <laughs> even then, I was like, oh man, I don't know. Maybe it's a surprise. Oh, yeah, you know, yeah. maybe he's like a seventh degree black belt yeah. or something. And then, no, nah, man, he didn't need to be in there. But anyway, I, I mean, I got the anxiety uh, from even that one. Where you would have think that would have thought that uh, I'd just be like I'm gonna walk through him. Oh, Danny Abadi literally threw his dude out by the neck. Yeah, you know that he yeah. had in there. But I uh, mean, it, you know, I allegedly got into a bunch of fights on the street when I was growing up. Um, no video cameras. Yeah, so allegedly. It, allegedly, there's no internet. Um, but even you know going into a fight, I'd never, never really lost. I never got beat up on the street. Mm-hmm. I mean. I, I don't know if you ever win because I had a bunch of black eyes and cuts. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, like when we went to Bill Street, we never seen that guy until. Yeah. You know, yeah. Literally, I didn't know That's who true. I was fighting. Yeah. You know, all I know is there's like some kind of kung fu ninja. Yeah, yeah. You know, <laughs> Kane walking to earth. But uh, I didn't want to fight. And I'm like, man, this is stupid. Who does this? Yeah. But. Well, you know. hindsight's is all good times. I mean, I'm glad that I was that I was involved in it, and you were very instrumental in the high octane thing. Like the shirts that we had for years that people loved, you were the one that come up with the logo, well, or not the logo, not but the the, logo. The, the the saying on the yeah. back from Napoleon Dynamite. <laughs> it's it's a very terrible take on it. It's, yeah. The more I quote movies, the the more I figure I'm wrong. <laughs> but they're my version of the quote. Yeah, so, yeah, uh, yeah. And and you can it's close enough to where you know where it came from. Yeah. And uh, but I get called out on it all the time. Uh-huh. You know, I know you're running on time, but uh, so <laughs> so you know I like to drink old fashions. Okay, I didn't know that. You make a good one in the cellar. I don't know if you had them. You I have. Come get it. Okay. Uh, um, so everywhere we would go, I normally I was like, you know, yeah, you know, this just a go to. Let me see if you can make a good drink. Let me get old fashioned. So you know Hefner, mm-hmm. Hefner and our friends for. 15 years or whatever he he moved to texas we still talk but so we went on a cruise well hefner made me watch this stupid movie and i can't remember the name of it now but anyway there's a line in there it's like you know they're in an airplane and he tells the guy go in the back make me an old-fashioned but don't make it so sweet like daddy used to make or something like that <laughs> so anyway we get on the cruise and we like tell the bartender we do the whole little scene uh-huh. And the bartender's my daddy dad. <laughs> it's like, well, okay, you still make me old fashioned because I've already been drinking. And uh, so we go back and I let Catherine watch the movie and isn't the line's not even close. <laughs> That's what your memory was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, but I still use the same exact line when I say it. Uh-huh. And uh, so that's how my movie quotes go. I Usually they, there's, you know, just an ounce of truth or, or maybe um, relativism. 
It's pretty much, I'll just make it up. Yeah, yeah. Hey, man, whatever works, bro. When I grow up, I may be a comedian or something. You don't know. You can still do it. We got open mic night at the cellar. Yeah. <laughs> you should. <laughs> hey, look, the last one y'all had. No, I was going to say, you couldn't have been any worse than what we had. Man, this one dude, uh, the, the night we did it, we had the first couple, we hired professionals, right? But uh, their type of comedy maybe didn't fit the crowd we had. And this one guy, I felt bad for him because he had some colorful jokes. And uh, it was an older crowd. And he even said, uh, before I say this joke, I want to make sure y'all are okay with it because oh, it gets kind of dark. I thought it was hilarious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, he, what's the joke? <laughs> yeah, so he goes, he, he, so anyway, he asked permission first, right? About, he don't ever do that. About, uh, could he do the joke? And they were like, oh, yeah, yeah. So he's like, all right. So he does the joke and these people get up and leave. They like walk out on him after doing the joke. Oh. I'll tell you the joke afterwards. I thought it was funny too. I thought it was hilarious because you had all these studi like yeah. cut upper yoga. Yeah, yeah I don't I don't there. really do jokes. I do more like tell stories. Yeah, I'm the same way. I did so I did some. I yeah. did the open mic night because I'd never done it. And I was like, I I wanna say I did did all some right. comedy. And that's what I did. I just told, told stories. Most of my stories are true. That's how mine are, and yeah. They're, they're unflattering for some people. Most of mine are unflattering for Mostly me. Mostly for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, there's a lot of prominent people in my stories, and yeah. I leave their names out. <laughs> yeah, or change to protect, yeah, to protect the innocent. The innocent. <laughs> um, but I always use my name, uh-huh. and, uh, and I, they're true. Yeah, yeah. Well, you'll have to come back next time we do it. Well, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed mine. I um, mean, I, I would like to um, be able to come up with something that would at least get a laugh. Yeah. Even if it's from me. Yeah. You know? <laughs> That's how mine was. I, I was telling them jokes about, well, I can't even say them on here, the jokes I was telling. <laughs> anyway, well, uh, well, thank you, Jay Black, for coming on the show. Thank we'll you. We'll have to have you back. You can always tell if I like the guests because I go long. So Yeah. Maybe we can talk about actual stuff next <laughs> Yeah, time. Yeah, we talked about a whole bunch of nothing, we, really. We, yeah, we, we sort of skirted around <laughs> we, anything. We talked about, uh, well, I don't know, that, that Josh is definitely going to wear out that uh, testicle part we did. That's <laughs> <laughs> going all over. Yeah, that I all forgot over. all about that Yeah, already. we started with. <laughs> we started with the testicle. Next time we'll have to drink bourbon and it'll get Ooh. really good. So anyway, well, I appreciate you guys watching us. Don't forget to like, follow, subscribe to the channel. Uh, Jay, I should have asked you, how can they find you if you want them to find you uh, on social man, media? I, it's just my name on. Okay. You know, I only do Facebook. I don't. I have a Twitter and an Instagram. I don't even log into it. I don't know. So, uh, and he's on my friends list too, so you can find him. And uh, of course, we're on TikTok. Josh is doing all the dances. It's great. And then NA the band is uh, their album is out for free. It's inside my head, and it's uh, a free download anywhere you listen to your music. So download it for those guys. It helps them out a lot, and it's free. Uh, Michelle Allen has uh, been watching the show all this time and had some great comments and is your go-to in the area if you're buying, selling, rent, and leasing real estate. She's also just genuinely a good person. I like her. Mason's High Team Martial Arts, we were talking about. It's been around since 93, uh, so 30 years in business, and we just relocated. Just visit masonsmartialarts.com. We got some 30-year specials up. And the Cellar Restaurant Prohibition Bar located in Covington opens at 4 p.m. every day. Tuesday is trivia. Friday's live music. We're doing live music on Saturdays, too, now. Thursdays is ladies' nights. Always something going on, so come see us at the Cellar. And then, of course, Josh will be glad to help you with your online uh, presence, whether it's your website, social media, branding, etc. Just visit masonitemarketing.com, and he'll help you. So we'll be live again next Tuesday, I think, with another Law Talk. Uh, who we got, Josh? It's going to be Zach and Bree Walker. Oh, sweet. Yeah, they've got the, uh, what's the name of the store? The antique store out there. Mm-hmm. And then he does a bunch of other stuff, too. Anyway, all right, cool. Well, thank you guys for taking the time. I'm going to be at the cellar here in just a few minutes. Hopefully, we'll see you guys there. And thanks again to Jay for being my guest. You guys keep kicking. Thanks for watching, guys. Just remember that this is not legal advice or investment advice or business advice. This is for fun and entertainment purposes only.